Cowboys, Teenagers, and the Bible. Guess who we're talking about today? Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Welcome back to God's Word Gives Hope. I'm Amy. And I'm Janae. And today we are going rogue. Listeners, we are still going to connect God's Word to the everyday spaces of your life, but we're going to do it in a different way. I will be interviewing Amy. And you want to make sure you stay to the very end because you're going to want to hear all of the story and all the scoop on her as she talks and shares, and hopefully pieces of it will connect to your life. But at the very end, I'm going to do a lightning round, and she does not know what those questions are. It's going to be a lot of fun. So stay till the end and hear her answers. So before we get started, we want to make sure that you know about a giveaway that we are doing because we are celebrating our one-year birthday or anniversary of God's Word Gives Hope podcast. So is it an anniversary or a birthday? Can we settle that? Let's call it a birth anniversary. I like that. Well, let's get started with getting to know one of the voices of God's Word Gives Hope, Amy Clackham. And uh, to get us started, first of all, uh, let's just start with a little bit of a summary of your life. Uh, Tell the listeners a little bit more where you're from, your family, how you landed in Cartersville at your current position at Cross Point City Church. So So there's a lot there. Um, So a little bit about me. I'm originally from Arizona. So that is actually where I was adopted as well at six days old. I was born in Tucson. I'm learning new things. I didn't know that. And my parents, Harold and Jill, adopted me at six days old. And we lived in Tucson for a little while. We lived in Denver or right outside Denver for a little while. And then we moved to Georgia when I was seven. And so, and then I grew up in Georgia. So people in the West think I have a very thick Southern accent and people in the South ask me where I'm from still sometimes. So you never know. I met my husband in 2001. We've been married 21 years. His name is Nathan. He is a cowboy or he's a cattleman. That's a more appropriate term. Um, But he manages farms and ranches and works with all kinds of animals and is just super smart in all of that. We have a daughter who is 13 going on 30. Her name is Hannah. And, um, you know, we landed in Cartersville because we've always moved for my husband's position. So um, in the ranching world, you can't really pick a city that you want to go to and then find a job. You have to go to where the ranch is and then hope to find a city. And so that is what happened when we got to come to Cartersville is he came for a job and we fell in love with this town. And so we've lived here 12 years. Um, What I was doing when we came here was selling beef. Okay. So I've worked in in ministry a few different places, but in the in-between after we had our daughter. So I I don't know. So- Where's the beef? Do you remember Oh that? my gosh, yes. Amy has it. <laughs> I did have it for a while. Um, we needed uh, the income of my working when we were living in Brasstown, North Carolina. And so I had a, Hannah was probably six or seven months at that time. I started selling beef and I sold to Cisco and the Biltmore Estate and all these little mom and pop places. So there were many a day where I would have to help make deliveries because our delivery truck would be going one direction and we had to get deliveries to another direction. So I'd have my kiddo on one arm and a box of beef steaks or whatever on the other arm. And I would go and, and sell and, and 
do that. It was really an interesting, crazy time of my life because that is not something I ever thought I'd be interested in. I actually happen to know a lot about steak now. Um, but like I said, we moved here for my husband's job. I was still selling beef for Brasstown um, beef in North Carolina. And uh, I ended up with an opportunity to work in a ministry. And that ministry lasted for about a year and a half or two. And then um, while we were attending at Crosspoint, Nathan started praying that I could work here, that he just saw the value of all that Crosspoint was doing. And he began to pray that a position would open up for me because the other position, as much as I loved what I was doing, um, wasn't overly functional for our family with having a young one. And so I got approached in my very first job as I was the lead pastor's assistant here for the first five years of working here. And I have worked here almost nine years now. Yes. So what are you doing now? So right now I am the minister for our groups in the Cartersville location. Well, let's backtrack a little bit further. And how would you describe yourself as a teenager when you were a teenager? Let us have a little window into that part of your world. Oh my goodness. I'm not supposed to use those words on this podcast. (laughs) Um, No, I, so I, I would, I would call myself broken. (laughs) Um, I was someone who on the outside, I mean, I am cracking jokes and I am engaging and I've got big smiles on my faces and it was hiding a ton of hurt on the inside. Um, so I think just, uh, things from my adoption circumstances in life. Um, I had a really big struggle with rejection, with abandonment. Um, and I did whatever it took for you to like me. And that was hard. That's hard because it makes you into somebody that you're not. Um, and really, if I'm being honest, this stayed around through my twenties and into my thirties, this idea that, um, whatever it took, I would be the person that everybody needed me to be around them. And, uh, it wasn't until my thirties where I feel like I finally got a good handle on who God made me to be and the things that he has created me for. And it is okay to be that person. So if you're just getting to know me now in my 40s, I like to consider this my villain era because <laughs> uh, it feels that way for a people pleaser to actually just speak truth. Like mm-hmm. I, I joke that I'm in my villain era. If you know me, you're probably like, she's not mean. And hopefully I'm not, but I speak more truth than I ever have before. And it's a good thing. But man, as a people pleaser and a, and a recovering doormat, um, it feels pretty mean just to be direct. So welcome so, to my villain era. Yeah, not, not as comfortable uh, yet. Um, where in there did you meet Christ? So I, I grew up in church, but it was, um, it, there was a disconnect there. So we went to um, a, a Baptist church that was really about checking boxes and also had I struggled a lot there because they had things like, if you have on pants, you can't come into the sanctuary because apparently I was wearing men's clothing, even though men wore dresses in the Bible, but it was a whole thing. (laughs) I obviously caused problems as I was there, but I really struggled because I heard their words and it didn't match their actions. And, uh, and so I just thought that hypocrisy was fine. And so my words didn't match my actions either for a long time. Um, and God, when I was 21, uh, through dropping a word of knowledge in a person's 
life, I was, um, me and my boyfriend, we were making bad decisions and I just felt like, oh, I'm just going to marry this guy. Cause he's available. You're like he's we're together, whatever. Let's just move on to the next part of my life. And, um, I got on an airplane to come back from visiting my birth family in Arizona. And I had a woman look at me and say, before you think about marrying that man, you need to get right with God. And it was as if he said, oh my gosh, that's enough. Like, you know, like when a parent just is finally fed up with their kid and they just pick them up and like walk out of the room or whatever, that was that moment where he said, I have made you for something else. This is ridiculous. And that was that line in the sand moment. So it was when I was 21. Well, in addition to that, would you mind sharing a defining moment? You know, one of those moments, um, I know when we meet Christ, that is the most defining moment. Mm -hmm. But we all have moments in our lives that have shaped us. And sometimes it's embedded lies that we've worked out and God's utilizing that now as we're walking more in the truth to minister to other people. So that's a shaping moment. It could be anything. Is there a defining moment that you would um, share with us? I would say it was becoming a mom. So I think, I think that as people, we, we believe we understand what love is. You know, we're what we're teenagers and we have our first crushes and, Oh, this is love. And it's just so fun and silly. And then our hearts get broken and we're like, well, was that true love? Is this true love? Is this the kind of love God has for us? I mean, all those questions and we get married and there's this person that exists outside of our, our body that we love and we care about. Is this the kind of love that God has for us? Um, and I think that, that there was just a moment after having my daughter and looking down at her face and just unconditional love just pouring out of me. Wow. Yes. And I just remember thinking, and God loves me more. And that just, it, that's when, well, and I had her right as I turned 30. And so it's interesting, but that began to shape a change in my life. Yes. You were understanding God's depth of love for you at a whole nother level. Yes. Yeah. Well, Amy, you've been in ministry for years now and your current season, uh, Nathan is in Texas most of the time until he graduates in May of 24. Um, So that has made you like a single parent for a year and a half now. Um, What has it been like and how has God and his word ministered to you during this season? Uh, Well, first off, I just want to say to all the single parents out there, you are amazing and you are doing a good job. So just stop and hear that and acknowledge the fact that even if things are really hard, you are doing a good job. And to all the parents out there that wonder if they're doing a good job, you are. Listen, I have one kiddo. She's amazing, but she's a teenager and That is a lot of work sometimes. And so you may have multiples. You may be running your tail off trying to take care of your babies. I want you to know God sees that and it matters to him. Um, For me, this has been hard. This has been a big reminder about how important godly community is in my life because our listeners may not know this. I know you do, but like I had surgery. I had to have my gallbladder out a month and a half ago. And I have another surgery coming up. and. You're not supposed to go home by yourself or drive yourself home after having anesthesia. And it is just, it's so hard for me to ask for help because I don't want to be a burden or a trouble. It's still something God is working out in me. 
but you need help when you're a single parent. You need help when things come up. And so God has blessed me with a pretty incredible community that is loving me well and taking care of me and my daughter. And he is using this time to remove pieces of my self-sufficiency that I didn't realize was still there. He's asking me to look totally to him and his people for my care. And he has been humbling me a lot and requiring me to ask for help. So single parents out there, that is something that whether you're a single parent or not, but definitely with single parents, just hear that. Hear that it's okay to ask for help. And actually, God's designed us that way. He has designed us to need one another. And that's part of his plan is that we would be there for one another. And so um, pray for and what that looks like for you, but don't be afraid and don't be prideful. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely ask for help when you need it. As a former pride lover and continuing to work on it, join me in asking for help. (laughs) Yes, there we go. I love that. Well, on top of everything else, you have such a very full calendar. And even now in this season, it couldn't be any tighter, I don't feel like. But yet, um, I don't know, you probably don't know this, but Amy is the one who spends the hours on editing the podcast so that it will come uh, across smooth. And then that's on top of the time that we spend together collaborating and then um, actually recording. And the podcast, God's Word Gives Hope, it's, it's a volunteer ministry and there's no payment. <laughs> so, you know, tell us a little bit more about why do you do this podcast? Why do you uh, take this time to do this podcast on top of everything else? I just think about the times that God's Word has given me hope you know, in the life's hard places, the ups and downs, his word has been a lifeline in my safe place. And I love helping people receive that. And so when God was calling us to do this podcast, even though I looked at my calendar and I said, Lord, how in the world do you want me to do this? It felt like a, a gifting that he's given me in helping people connect and grow and learn the word and, and see it impact their lives. This felt like a natural outflow of some of that, that I am able to join in with you and we're able to have these conversations and we're able to see people connect with the word in really powerful ways. When we get those texts, when we get those comments on Facebook or when we get a review online, it is so encouraging because I just feel like this is an incredibly valuable conversation to have. And it's an honor to get to interact with the word and share it in a way that people can receive it as they're on their way or they're doing dishes or whatever that looks like. So to me, even though life is very full, um, this is a conversation worth having, and this is a a priority worth making space for. Well, we are glad that you do. Me too. Well, what is a favorite moment from one of one of our episodes? Oh, Janae, I just, even like I just shared, I just love sitting here with you. And talking, I feel like I'm growing every time Janae opens her mouth. I feel like I learn and grow. Um, Likewise, there are, ditto. I can say the same thing. <laughs> there are a lot of things that you don't hear, listener. About your your words, not my words. <laughs> <laughs> that may have come out wrong. I don't know. <laughs> there are a lot of things that our listeners don't hear, where we're laughing and we're cutting up, and um, I just God has used this to deepen our friendship, and so it's just a, it's a grace in my life 
even on the days where I'm dragging myself in because I'm exhausted, I leave full of hope and energized. And, and so I can't tell you one moment. There's a million moments, but more than anything, just this opportunity means the world to me. Oh, good. Oh, good. Well, what are a few verses? Let's get down into God's word and, and some of the word of God that has, you know, is being worked out in your life mm. uh, right now. What is God using? Is there a verse or verses that he's using right now to speak to you? I feel like he keeps bringing up the John 15 around abiding. So that is a constant just when I start to get stressed or I start to think about all the things, just rest, abide, connect, make sure that I'm connected to the vine. Um, And then with as crazy as life does feel like right now, um, Proverbs 3, uh, 3 through 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. That just trust, trust, trust. And knowing that it's his job to make the path straight. It's my job to trust. Yes. And that is hard (laughs) to do sometimes, but he is, he knows so much more and he's so much greater. So why wouldn't I? And then a verse that has spoken to me for the last 20 years, and I think will continue to speak to me is 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. And this says, three times I begged the Lord to take away this, and it's a, it's a thorn in Paul's side. And each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weakness and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I don't feel like I'm going through insults and hardships and persecution, you know, in the name of the Lord, but I do feel really weak a lot. And I feel like that weakness is a reminder that that phrase, my grace is all you need. It's just such a beautiful, like when all the other pressures are piling up and everything else is hard. And I go, Lord, I don't even know what to do with everything I've got in my hands right now. My grace is all you need. It's okay to be weak. That in my weakness, I am strong in him. So that verse continues to speak as life circumstances change and the weakness looks a little different. Yes. And I know that it is speaking right now to someone who is listening and they needed to hear that as well. Mm. So thank you for sharing. Well, we have reached our lightning round questions. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> all right. So these are some questions that I came up with. Um, we're just, they're just quick popcorn answers. And if okay. um, nothing comes to your mind or it doesn't, whatever, you know, we can just roll on to the next okay. one. But, so what's your go-to drink to get you started in the morning? Oh, uh, it's been coffee forever. And I'm really, really trying to make it water because I feel like that's the grown-up drink Okay, to start. just straight off, straight up. Black coffee? Oh gosh, no. Okay, yeah. No, that's what I mean. Let's no, get my specific. coffee is like um like a vanilla latte with but then somebody told me that creamer is addictive. And so now I'm trying to not have creamer in my coffee and coffee's sad without creamer. Oh, so so, you, so just black coffee? I can't drink that. Okay. So but, I'm trying to make water my drink. Okay. Okay. I'm trying. All right. Well, what food when you eat it, you can't stop? Pizza. Pizza. It's my favorite. Another bite and another bite and another piece. I will. And I'm like, I, it just tastes so good. I just want to keep going. I gotcha. Who do you follow the most on TikTok? Oh, okay. So I don't know names, but like I follow a lot of cat places that have really (laughs) cute cat videos of them wiggling their butts and jumping on things. And they're just, 
it just brightens my day. So okay. that and comedy. <laughs> okay. Favorite book beside the Bible that you read again and again? A Voice in the Wind by Francine Rivers. Favorite book ever. If you have not read it, you have to read it. And do not start with book two. It will ruin everything. You need book one. Okay. So this is like a series or something? It's a three-part series. You can take or leave part three. But book one and two, powerful. Probably one of the most significant books that have impacted my faith. Oh. And it's fiction. So do with that what you will, listener. Hope you keep listening to us. (laughs) Favorite decade of music? 90s. Okay. I'm a 90s girl. Okay. Who is the most famous person you have ever met? I don't know that I've met famous people, but I have met an artist who I really love his music, um, Jason Gray. He's just super down to earth, super kind guy, and his music is super meaningful to me. So that's, that's what I consider famous as somebody okay. who's actually like worth meeting. That works. What is the furthest away you have ever been? India. So by the time you get there, if you keep going, you're on your way back because it is on the other side of the globe. So I've been to Africa, I've been to Europe, but India is far and away the farthest. Okay. All right. Well, this has been fun. And I hope you as a listener have enjoyed that. Uh, I would like to talk a little bit more about the giveaway as we wrap up here. We do have our $100 Amazon giveaway that we are doing in celebration of our birth anniversary. Birth anniversary. Um, and how you do that is you write a review on the platform that you listen to. And at the end of, by noon on October 27th, we will do a drawing to see. Um, So keep writing those reviews. We appreciate it. And I'm going to close this out today with uh, speaking uh, over you. One of the verses that Amy read, uh, verse 8 of 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to be reading it from the message. And I just hope it blesses you and closes this out for us today. My grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Thank you for listening to our podcast. To go deeper with the blog, visit godswordgiveshope.com. For more information on coaching with Janae, visit janaeshatleycamp.com. And to partner with us to help make God's Word Gives Hope possible, visit our website and click the give button. Thank you.